is adequate enough. And even when you mess up, it's like, oh, even more reason. It's not okay oh. to mess up. Oh, when you mess up. Ooh. In a Haitian household. Ooh. Oh, you're done. You're done, finito. And then now you're, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? Yeah. Do not know better. It's everything. What's good? My name's Naria. And my name is Caroline. This is the Cathartic Experience. Two therapists talking about life in an unfiltered way. Welcome back. Welcome and welcome back. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, but today we will be talking about um, unrelenting standards. So this is for all you perfectionists out there. Um, yeah, I'm calling you out. Uh, so <laughs> before we... Yeah. Am I? I'm, yeah. Caroline's a, Caroline's a little bit of a perfectionista. They will anyway. expose you. We'll get into it. Um, but before we begin, how are you? <laughs> uh, I am here. Um, I am here. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Per usual. Yeah. What's been going on? A little bit of the same. Working a lot. <laughs> Um, not new. Not, not new. new. Not new. Um, how about you? I'm trying to eat healthier. Um, yeah, I'm trying to eat healthier. How's that going? And I feel like a bird. Um, oh, but yesterday you done slept. It was my first day on the diet. I felt like I was eating like someone who weighed 150 pounds, 100 pounds. And I literally temporarily passed away i could not wake up so you napped I while napped. the landlord and the tech guy were fixing the door but you slept right through that no noise could wake me up no <laughs> noise could wake me up so eating healthy is hard but we'll get into it more why for me it's important but that's another day another that's podcast another day. uh but yeah let's start with unrelenting standards so when we talk about this idea of someone who has unrelenting standards, is a person who has really high standards for themselves. So their lives is centered around perf- just performance. Mm. Not uh, They can't just do something. They have to do it the best. Yeah. And they're always under some amount of like stress and pressure. Um, and they can't relax. And they're very uptight. And they have to do things properly and i've seen it manifest in so many different ways you know it worked in school and mm-hmm. um, uh, family family life oh my gosh yeah. and even cleaning yeah you know my house has to be perfect before anybody steps foot and that is a, a, a lot a, a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of stress and pressure um so they always feel like something has to be done um, right. but there's always this focus on that um, and there's some difficulty there with relaxing and, and, and being able to enjoy themselves. And sometimes people from, you know, who have this unrelenting standard way of being or this perfectionistic way of being, oftentimes uh, they maybe grew up in families where there were really high standards mm. um, or there was sometimes what happens too is that some families only celebrate successes. Yeah. So, and, and I remember my, I, I remember for a while I suffered with a schema because I love you, Jude. I love you, mom. Um, but she had, like, my parents had trouble 
helping me celebrate. Um, they had trouble helping me celebrate generally. It only be attached to specific things like, mm-hmm. oh, you graduated. How yeah. many times you graduate in your life? Like, like elementary school, high, high school, school, university, university. master, four or five times in my life. If you get to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Four or five times. And it's like, out of 25 years now, being celebrated only like five times. Yeah, there's a, that's a little... Uh, <laughs> Well, Few and far in between. Exactly. Yeah. So some families find it really hard to praise their kids. Mm, or they so, don't praise at all. Or they don't praise at all. So then the kid wants to be recognized by their parent, wants to be seen as good enough by their parent. So the kids try, cry, they try harder. Yeah. Except that there's also the like never good enough going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like you can never get to a point where it's like they're satisfied. You know, exactly. the parent. So it's like you're working towards something that you'll never really get. Right? Exactly. And it's, especially in Haitian households, and I think this is in a lot of you know, households where there's almost like this, um, this criticism. There's always a criticism. You know, it's never like, Oh, good job! You did it this way. It's like ah, well, you could have. Yeah. You could have done that. How how you got a ninety three? Why didn't you get a hundred? Exactly. You know? My mom would do the whole. Where's the rest? Oh gosh. Where's yes. The- <laughs> where's the rest? Oh, you got you got ninety seven. Where's the rest? Yeah. And it's just like that primes a child's brain to to look for the rest. If you're never looking for what's there, you're always looking for the rest. Whether it's your your worthiness, your intelligence, your, your your whatever it is, and I remember, I didn't realize how deeply that was embedded in me till I went to um, till I had singing lessons, till I started singing lessons, mm. and I remember I was so hard on myself. I would start singing and then I'd stop. Why would like, you stop? If it didn't sound the way I needed it to sound, mm. I would stop, and I would find it hard to take in praise. You'd be like, "Good job," and I was like. Mm. Eh, could have done better on right. that. And I remember she opened up to me, my my singing coach Amanda. Amanda, she was like, yeah. and she's still she in my nice. life. Amanda, <laughs> shout out, shout out. <laughs> so much, I can't with you. But uh, I remember she was like, you know, I I think I know where this is coming from. I had a mother who had difficulty praising me too, so she could see her experience in me yeah and how what that does to a kid to never feel like anything you do is adequate enough and even when you mess up it's like oh even more reason it's not okay to mess up oh when you mess up in a haitian household oh you're done you're done finito then now you're you're an idiot why did you do that do not know better it's everything. Yeah. Yeah, or my parents would more so handle it in silence. Like the silent disappointment where they don't really talk to you. That's, because they're yeah. Because they don't know what to say because they're so disappointed. And it's just like, my child self didn't need all that. No, she didn't. She yeah, didn't need all, all that. All I needed was, a, it's okay, we mess up in life. It's all good. But when you're made to feel like making mistakes is a life-threatening thing, 
That's a problem. Because as humans, we're making mistakes all the damn time. But but I feel like sometimes I wouldn't even go to my parents if I made a mistake. No, same. And I, like, low-key, I didn't really make mistakes like that. You know what mm. I mean? Because I didn't want to be in trouble. Mm. First of all. Second of all, my schema is strong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if something happened, I'd call up a friend. I'd be like, listen, this has happened. What do yeah. we do? Yeah. You know? And then at the end, when it's done, I tell my parents, maybe like months later... Yeah. I feel you on the not being able to go to them. But you can't go to them. Maybe even for for a while, not being really able to go to anybody or feeling like it's wrong to go to anybody and say, oh, I'm having a tough time or this is hard. Mm. And I think a lot of clients face that. Just like the shame that comes with not being able to do good enough um, right. and having to ask for help. But Asking for help is the hardest thing. Because then you have to admit that, that you can't is, do it. Yeah. Or that something is wrong. Yeah. And I think that had I had my parents normalized help seeking behaviors and said, Oh, it's okay to come to us when there's difficulty, that type of thing, that would be great. My parents were more so of the big life dangers type people. Like mm. watch your drink, somebody's gonna put something in it. Oh, and vulnerability to yeah. harm, vulnerability yeah. to harm a hundred percent. A thousand percent. So it would never be these tiny day-to-day things. It's like be careful. Like if you don't walk on the street at night, somebody's gonna try to kill you. Like like so it, it's always these big but things. But I don't even look, I don't even know the, if they know how at this point. Because I remember during, remember first year of master's when I didn't do well in one of my exams and with master's, like the grades, like it's not 50%, it's like 65, I think you need to get for minimum. Mm -hmm. And I remember going home and like bawling my eyes out to my parents and my dad was like, what's wrong with you? Just pick yourself up, pick yourself, just do it. Mm. Like what is crying going to do? You know, and it's like, I don't, I don't know if they know how to, you know, give their kids or even someone you know kind of like that vulnerability support that i'm here for you True. i listen i don't i would say my my mom has gotten better at that but i still i would fight with every cell in my being to not cry in front of my parents you know what i mean like showing them that level of vulnerability is a big deal when it does happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels very... Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> First of all, when... Um, when it happened, when Steve proposed, tell me how he was bawling his eyes out. And after, my mom was like, why is he crying that much? They're not used to... <laughs> they're not used to people being emotional around them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, it's a happy... I'm like, yeah, but this is how he shows happy. And they're like, I don't, they don't understand. I've never seen either of my parents cry. I've seen, oh, I've seen my mom cry many times. Hmm. My dad never. My dad never? Yeah, but they're not used to that. And so unrelenting standards is ingrained. Yeah, the, the, with unrelenting standards, um, usually families have difficulty emphasizing emotion mm-hmm. fun and spontaneity yeah which i would say is interesting because even though my parents had really high they had standards and stuff like that i would say they were actually pretty 
relaxed, fun, and spontaneous. So I kind of got the best of the both worlds. I feel like your parents were like the, the, you know, like the Haitian parents that made it over that line. Or just a little bit over and then came back. Like Maybe more so my mom. Your mom. It made it over the modern. The line. modern, yeah. yeah. My mom's more, more modern, for sure. Yeah. For sure. No, but they're really spontaneous and fun. So I'm not going to take that away from them. But when what it would you consider to... something spontaneous that they, they did with you guys? They just would take us on a lot of like trips and the park. And we would always be doing that type of stuff. Or my dad would just start dancing. Really? Or, or he would like put my mom's wig on. <laughs> and like entertain okay, us. Fun. Yay! Look at your household. My dad's a whole riot, nigga. He doesn't look like that in person, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, when it comes to unrelenting standards, though, I I know some, some clients where this takes up every realm of their life. They have to dress perfectly. They have to eat the right amount of food they have to exercise yeah. they have to have they have to appear and, and most of it is about appearances mm. and i think one of the most important things i learned in my training was that everybody who has um, unrelenting standards or perfectionistic uh, ways of being they all have one area of their lives that's always not together mm. so let's say they're well dressed or they're you know, kitchen, living room is well put together, but their car is a mess. Mm. Or like their bedroom is a mess. So there's always one area that's going to be like a purge area where you everything is let go because it's actually hard to keep up with every single thing all the time. So there's right. something that's going to slip. Something has to slip low key. <laughs> something you can't has be, to slip. you know, together all the time like that exactly and you run on empty putting that amount of like stress and pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. you run on empty with that shit how they're often oh go ahead go go ahead no i was gonna say they're often like these high achievers like trying to do the most in everything but that's not possible though right i mean it it can be possible for for some people it's just sometimes not always sustainable and no it's not sustainable and I know people who've burnt out very quickly. Yeah, they're, high, very they're quickly. highly prone to burnout. Even at the beginning of their careers. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Burning people out working right away. Eighty hour work weeks for what? So true. And and perfectionism itself, or unrelenting standards. How has that shown up in your world? How has that shown up in my world? Um, I think it shows up in small ways. Um, you don't know this, but when I come in in the morning, it takes me like five minutes to park my car <laughs> because I want it to be perfectly aligned. Hey, why am I not surprised? <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, it takes me five minutes to park my car. Yeah, while my car could be in the back all crooked and shit and I'll still come in. You'll be fine. <laughs> Roll up, pull up. <laughs> yeah. That's a tiny way. We're like opposite sides of the spectrum. I feel like we we are, but somehow we <laughs> find balance. <laughs> oh, but yeah, with um, how has this shown up? I'm not spontaneous. You know that. I don't like spontaneous activities. I like things to be planned. 
Remember, it's T's entire um, ring buying. True. I needed to know everything. I gave him pictures of model, like you know what I mean. So True. I, I, I low-key knew what it looked like, and I was still insisting on him sending me, you know, the picture of what it looked like. How else has it shown up? Yeah, I think with with sometimes with unrelenting standards is that it's not only always self-imposed, but sometimes it's always Uh, imposed onto others. And I've seen this ruin people's relationships where their partners are like trying their best to like show up for them. But it's like, you showed up for me, but not in the way that I wanted. And it's like, that leaves the partner feeling as much shame as the person Mm -hmm. themselves. And it's like, I've just seen seen that whether it's like mother child boyfriend girlfriend husband wife like it doesn't matter wife wife it doesn't matter what type of relationship once those ex- like those very internal, close relationships yeah yeah once those internal uh, standards are ex- imposed outwardly they could cause their own set of challenges. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because sometimes they see like their child or their partner as an extension of themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh right? my gosh. Do you so know it's like how... if I look good, you need to look good as well. Uh, Talking from experience. Haitian um, church. Yeah. Oh my also gosh. Steve. Um <laughs> And the thing is, parents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Parents with these unrelenting standards and who view their child as an extension of themselves try to control or have control over almost every aspect of the child's life Life. or being being yeah like there's no reason why your 14 year old child while you're choosing they're close for them there's no reason unless if it's dirty okay if it's Mm -hmm. dirty okay but why are you choosing their clothing right why are you telling them everything they need to do or to eat or what, what like Sometimes it turns into having so much control over a kid's life that a kid's not going to know who they are when you're not breathing down their neck telling them what to do anymore. Right. So it's like, where does the mom end and the kid begin? Yeah. And that's toxic. And that can take years. To undo. To undo. Or to heal. Oh my goodness. To grieve from that, you know, parent that you would have wanted to have versus the one you actually have. Right. Right. And, you know, ending that fantasy that one day the parent is going to change or one day that person is going to change for your own sake. And the unrelenting standard, too. Like, these people become really good at being the person that other people want them to be. And it's just like, if you're so busy impressing your work, your partner, your, your friends, whoever it is in your life, the performing will never stop exactly and then they hit these depressive lows because it's an empty low it's an empty depressed because Mm -hmm. there's nothing there you don't feel anything when you're by yourself because you're only fueled when you have to be somebody for for someone else yeah so it's it's crazy the different types of like depression and how they hit people depending on 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 their schemas as well i remember telling um one of my clients yesterday, because she was telling me, like, no one can see me when things are not put together, you know? And I was like, she's like, it's like I'm in a storm and I can only tell people after the storm what's happened. And I was like, why can't people be in the storm with you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and just that idea is something that's really hard for some people to, you know, 
to mm. tackle that idea that mm. like people are just with you in it you don't have to be perfect all the time mm-hmm. you know like that's not sustainable so yeah right and how much does a person know you if they only know that that's version? the thing they only know your performing version it's a little fraudulent yeah. you're you're a bit of a fraud yeah but, but it's who you feel like you have to be still it's it's quite disingenuous or inauthentic still because people with unrelenting standards sometimes they find it hard to actually share their opinion their actual opinion or mm-hmm. their actual emotion right and you're telling people what they want to hear you get so good at telling people what they want to hear mm-hmm. that sometimes you don't even remember what you wanted to tell you lose yourself you lose yourself in the expectations of other people Mm-hmm. And the expectations you have for yourself as well. And that's only sustainable for so long. Yeah. Because what happens when your boundaries start to get pushed? Or what happens when you're actually very angry with someone, but you're still doing what they want you to do? Mm. So it's sustainable. These you know patterns or ways of being, they work for a while. Yeah. That, that's, that's the trick. They work for, for a, a little while. bit until they start ruining your mental health. Yeah. Because it becomes hard to sustain. What challenges would you say would be most important for people with unrelenting standards? Hmm. What challenges? I think... What challenges? Maybe starting by finding people around you that you can be a little bit of yourself with. People that you can actually share you know, the hardships that you have in your life. Um, I think tackling that schema that things have to be perfect. Um, yeah. And just, it doesn't have to be 100%, but can we contract for 75? You know what I mean? True. And one challenge I usually give is, fuck up. Send an email with a typo on purpose. Oh, but you're, yeah, you're asking for a lot. because that's exposing themselves right to say that they've made a mistake life is exposure therapy yeah so it's either you work on this scheme or you are imprisoned by it forever Mm -hmm. but i think isn't that therapy right but sometimes some people are so afraid of the idea that now they have to go against that schema like you're asking for a lot you know what i mean but it's like do you want to live this way true but every schema has its cracks yeah things start cracking oh after a i while. told one of my clients to walk with a you know group of people going in the same direction it's covid so keep your distance but then turn around and she's like i can't do that people are gonna what am i doing why am i turning around all of a sudden i'm like turn around at, at like an intersection because you forgot something at home so i can't do it i'm gonna look stupid and i'm like well it's a <laughs> it's somewhere to you're never gonna see these people again and that mm. took her weeks to do. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time. It doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile challenge. Yeah. But it takes For someone, time. it might sound like very simple. Right? Someone who doesn't live with that schema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a very, very interesting one. And then another thing I tell people to do is whatever you measure for one day, don't measure. Mm. If you're doing the whole calorie, water, don't measure. Mm-hmm. Let yourself breathe. Don't measure. Yeah. 
And that's the thing with people who have the schema, their anxiety is so, it's so ingrained in their bodies that they're usually very tense. Their bodies are tense, but they don't know. Mm -hmm. They're not actually breathing. People with like uptightness, even if it's like, like they don't breathe properly. So their stomachs never really fully hang out. Because they're not breathing. They're not taking full air in. Mm -hmm. It's like their stomach stays constricted. Like every muscle in their body stays kind of constricted. And they usually can't tell till usually they feel more wound up. Mm -hmm. And they're usually on edge. Yeah. At all times. At all times. So even something like, you know, sometimes sometimes meditations or a little bit of yoga or anything Breathing that, exercises. That, breathing exercises. Something that gets you in touch with your body. Yeah. And getting yourself, even through progressive muscle relaxation, even if you look on YouTube, you can find more about it. But just learning the difference between tense muscles and loose muscles. Mm. And yeah. what, what that can mean for the ways you... you you know, you, you show up physically in the world. So there's a lot of challenges with this schema, but I would say that, you know, the good parts of the schema is that, you know, they strive for quality. These are people who have a lot of integrity in the work that they do and how they want to show up. And they don't want to half-ass things. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are so many people who do want to half-ass things. It's actually quite refreshing sometimes to see somebody who takes something seriously and wants yeah. to do it well. But I think it's, it's take it too seriously. But it's all yeah. about balance. You could take it seriously, but also be relaxed and have your fun. So how do we strike that balance in your world? That is your self-reflective question of the day. And that we will leave you with. Bet. <laughs>